Please pray with me. Lord God, thank you for the gift and blessing of this day, for another opportunity to worship you and lift up your name, for a day in which we can take this time, Lord, to step out of our our new routines that we are adapting to, and we can focus on you, and we can worship you, and we can put our whole faith and trust in you, Lord God. Lord, we turn to you today in the midst of complicated and confusing times, and we ask, Lord God, that you would speak to us. Speak your words of peace, your words of love, your words of life. Lord, our lessons, our liturgy are full of this hope, Lord God, and we pray that you would cause this hope to be embedded in our heart today and help me to proclaim it faithfully. We pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Good morning. So great to, well, I guess not see you uh, today, but it's, uh, I'm praying for you all and thankful for your presence here on our um, live streams. I thank you for taking this time out to worship God, and I thank you for joining with us and for praying for us. Thank you for your continued prayers as we seek to serve our Lord Jesus Christ and to serve you faithfully in this new moment that we find ourselves in. Well, not long ago, I purchased an engine through Facebook, which is not always the best way to do things, to buy things like engines, but I felt pretty confident because it came with this amazing warranty in Latin, right? And we all know that warranties in Latin are the best kind of warranties because they stand the test of time. This warranty was called caveat emptor, Wait, that's not the best warranty in the world, is it? No, that means buyer beware. And they didn't actually use Latin. But the principle of this deal was the same as if they had said caveat emptor. Buyer beware. Because there was no guarantee that this part would be a quality part. Or that it would actually work. Or function. Or be any more than a pile of junk. But the good thing was that it was cheap. Right? That was its big selling point. It was a cheap part. So right now I'm working on building a VW Baja Bug back to life and building an engine out of a few different engines I have in the garage, kind of like Dr. Frankenstein. Now, I know that there might be a, I knew there might be a problem with this engine when I bolted the first bolt from the exhaust manifold and water started to come out of the engine. Now this is not a good sign on any engine, but the Volkswagen engines and the bugs, they are not supposed to have any water in them at all because they're air-cooled, not water-cooled engines. I also knew it was not a good sign when I opened up the cylinders and they were full of water as well. I've got a picture of it here that my uh, high-tech tech aid is gonna help me with. A picture of what the engine looked like on the inside. It was full of bright orange mud, but it's probably rust or something like that as well. Or maybe, or maybe that stuff accumulated in there is where dreams go to die. I'm not sure, but my goal of getting this engine running took a major step in the wrong direction when I pulled this engine apart. And so I began to ask myself, Can this engine live again? Can it be brought back to life? 
or are there just too many problems to surmount? That's the question which the Lord asks of Ezekiel in our passage from the Old Testament today. And the focus of the inquiry is not an engine, but a valley full of dry bones. Kind of like the elephant graveyard in The Lion King, God takes Ezekiel out to this valley full of bones and gives him a tour, asking the question, Mortal, can these bones live? Now Ezekiel is no expert, but things do not look good. Nor does the idea sound particularly appealing at the moment of these bones walking around and having life in them. And so Ezekiel hedges his bet and turns the question back to God. Oh Lord God, you know. And with this statement, God gives Ezekiel the most ridiculous task. He tells him to prophesy to these bones. Now, I'm not an orthopedist or an, audio, or an audiologist, but I'm under the impression that bones cannot hear. But the Lord asks Ezekiel to prophesy and to preach to them nonetheless. And the message that Ezekiel is to speak to them is to tell them that God will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. I will lay sinews on you, and will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. And as Ezekiel is saying this, things start to happen. There's a noise, a rattling, and the bones begin to come together, bone to its bone. And then sinew and flesh, and skin. Now this whole process had to have been pretty disconcerting to watch. I mean, notice God doesn't take Ezekiel out for ice cream after this, because I imagine that seeing bodies reconstituted from the inside out was a disturbing thing to witness. But there they are, complete bodies now, lying on the ground, but not alive. Therefore, the next task that God lays before Ezekiel is to prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, mortal, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. And Ezekiel does what God told him to do, and the bodies are brought back to life. Now, after this whole miraculous episode, God turns to Ezekiel and tells him, Mortal, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are cut off completely. Therefore, this whole parable object lesson has been for Ezekiel to see the emotional state of his people. They feel dead. They feel like they have no hope and that they have been cut off from the blessing of God. Now you'll remember that Ezekiel is living with the exiled Judeans in Babylon. And it is here in Babylon that Ezekiel gets this message of the Valley of the Dry Bones. 
Those people, the Judeans and Ezekiel, had been taken out of their land because they had forgotten about God. They had been cut off from worshiping in their temple. And here they are in a foreign land, wondering what their future will be. Will this be the world that their children and grandchildren will grow up in? Thus God tells Ezekiel to tell the people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people. I will bring you back to the land of Israel, and you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people. I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live, and I will place you on your own soil. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and will act. I am going to give you new life. This land of Babylon will not be your future or the future of your children. You are going back to the land that was promised to you. But you're going to go back to your homeland in a different way than you left it. You are going to go back with the knowledge that I am the Lord. When I open your graves and bring you up from your graves, then they will know that God is the Lord. Remember, they had left their homes and headed to Babylon feeling that there was no God, not trusting in the Lord their God. And there in Babylon, they had the feeling that they had been abandoned by God. And now the Lord says, it will be different now. You will know that I am the Lord. And you will know this and trust in the Lord because amazing life-giving things are going to happen which will reveal to you the power of the God who loves you. And not only will they know, not only will they have an understanding that God is the Lord, but in addition they will have the presence of God placed inside of them. He says, I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live, and I will place you on your own soil. The spirit would be given to them, and they would be filled with life, life. So can these bones live in response to God's question of Ezekiel? Yes. God can take his dead people and bring them back to life. He can restore hope that has been lost. He can take what is broken and he can make it whole. Not only can he do it, he has done it. He was faithful to his promise. And in the books of Ezra and Nehemiah, we have the reestablishment of the Jews back in their land and the rebuilding of the temple, the restarting of their worship of God. Now that was thousands of years ago. What about now? Can God make these dry bones live again in our time too? Well, in the case of my motor, I'm sure that it can. I'm sure that he can do it. Time and skill and new parts and it'll run again. Almost everything mechanical can be repaired. But what about the other dry bones in our life? 
Can God bring life to them as well? We find ourselves at a time in which a great many things need life around us. It might not be an engine in your life which needs new life. Rather, it might be a marriage or a relationship with a friend or a child. It might be your business. It might be a loved one on the verge of death. Can these bones live? Yes, they can. Can God take our failures, our pain, our loss, our loneliness, our isolation? Can he take all these and bring new life into them? Yes, he can. He already has, and he will continue to do it. This is the hope that is revealed in the gospel, that Jesus Christ went from death to life. And so, too, does he take us from death to life. The principle of resurrection is lived out in our lives every day as he takes our dry bones and he brings new life to them again. Remember this. Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. Breathe upon these slain, that they may live. Please pray with me. Lord God, thank you that you are the God who breathes upon the dry bones, who puts flesh on them, and who fills them with your spirit. Lord, and that you take our broken lives and you resurrect them, not back into their brokenness again, but into new life, transformed life, changed life. Help us, Lord God. Help us to trust in you. Help us to trust that you are the God who can and does do this. But Lord, we understand that just like that valley of dry bones, it is not our work that brings new life, but your work alone. And so we lay, and we wait, and we pray that you would bring new life to us. And we pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.